It's us. Hi. We're the podcasters. It's us. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Sam. We're the Sibs. And you're listening to Swift and Swigs with Sibs. That's right. This is the podcast where a brother and a sister discuss two of their favorite things, Taylor Swift and cocktails. Every episode, we will choose a song from Taylor Swift's 200-plus song catalog. We'll each pair a cocktail with that song, and then we will break down our favorite musical mixology moments. Hey, Sam, are we ready for it? I think we are. Hey, Sam. Hello. Happy podcast day. Welcome to Lover Day. Oh. It's a loverly day. Very loverly. To discuss. I, I you, can't, you know what? I cannot not use puns. You know I love a good pun. I've been getting some good feedback from friends that our, our Taylor Swift puns are on point. So. Thank you. Don't stop now. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I wish she had a song called Don't Stop no, Now. No. Um. <laughs> Not only is it Lover Day, but uh, or, or or podcast day, but specifically, do you know what today is? It's uh, Valentine's Eve, which means that- it's the thirteenth. But actually, Sam, we have to remember we have to fast forward. So to our listeners, it is not Valentine's Eve. I understand, but I want I want the Swiggies to know that today that we are recording this, it is on the thirteenth, which. Of course, it's a very special day in in the Taylor Swift universe. I did not pay attention to that. Did anything happen? I didn't even check the news. It's the 13th. I don't think, like, there's been an announcement. Should we check real quick? Oh, okay. I don't know. Live checking of our... (gasps) Stop it. You're just faking it. No, I see nothing from Taylor. Um, But that's okay. It's it's the 13th. It's special for us. Um, It's also... Our one month anniversary of when we launched Swift and Swigs with Snips podcast. Oh, you're right. So, Happy one month anniversary. Yeah. It, I mean, it feels like, has it been like one month, one second, or one month <laughs> with you? It, I tried it, that. It, that didn't work quite as well as I wanted it to. It didn't flow work. quite as, as well as how Taylor makes it flow in her song, <laughs> but it was a good attempt. Good job. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. okay. So it's Valentine week. What are you wearing? I'm wearing, um, I, I've, I I've, sound like I'm interviewing you on the red carpet. Yeah, I've got, um, who, are you wearing? who am I wearing? I am wearing a, 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 like a pale pink. We've got like the pastel lover era with some hearts. I like, this is just so oozing. Like this whole episode is going to be oozing love, but I am not ashamed by that um sam you are wearing you're just all sporty red which is is kind of fun i still can't get over the fact that you said oozing love which is almost as bad as moist (laughs) (laughs) Um, you don't like that uh yes i'm i'm wearing red uh i will be the first to acknowledge that red is not my color uh red is a great album but it is not a, a great color for my skin type. I've been told this by skin professionals. However, wait, have uh, you done the like color thing where they like I've put colors around your done, skin? Yeah. I think it was like a <laughs> it was like a BuzzFeed article, but yes. Uh, so BuzzFeed if, if, article. If what I 
if BuzzFeed is religion, then um, I listen to them. And um, anyways, I'm wearing red. It's it's all about love today. And um, one of Grandpa's hats, of course, Dunn Lumber from Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Um, but yes, I like how we get into our outfits. For yeah, these episodes. It's great. We, we bring it all. Uh, so it's not just Valentine week, it is also post-Super Bowl Monday when yes. everybody talks about commercials and uh, the the halftime show. Uh, maybe some people are talking about the winners, which go Chiefs. I was b- very excited about that. Yes. But uh, that's go not Chiefs. what I want to talk about today, Sam, because this is a music podcast. And I am um, wondering your thoughts on I would say the amazing Rihanna, but I just feel like that's even like being biased. I I have my own thoughts, but I'll let you go first. How was the Rihanna experience for you? She's amazing, absolutely. I've never been a huge fan of Rihanna, but I have no dislike for Rihanna. Uh, but you know, other other pop queens come before her in my rankings. Nonetheless, love a good pop pop show at the Super Bowl and I thought it was a lot of fun. I was among one of the probably thousands that as soon as she showed up, I said to my friends, is she pregnant? Um, and then I felt I was yeah. I was made to feel guilty for saying that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, you know, one night I, or I a think, wife. Is that is, is that what we were doing to her? Of course, that's not kind the of. box I'm trying to put her in, but um, but anyways, yeah. all yeah. that aside, I love the performance. I forgot how many hits Rihanna has. I was just thinking like Umbrella and and uh, I, I was in high school when Rihanna came on the scene with Ponder Replay. So really hoping that that would be the song she would sing, but didn't make an appearance. I did love Bitch Better Have My Money. And that's a great way to start. What a way to start. Mm -hmm. I would not have told you I was a Rihanna fan until I realized I was singing every single song. That's how I felt. And so Rihanna is actually a soundtrack to all of the long distance races I've ever done because I basically, my running playlist is stuck in 2010 to 2016 eras. I um, liked that era of, when, of music. When I was, I was listening to a lot of Pandora, and I I was obsessed with the Black Eyed Peas. And so then you know how Pandora just like spreads out. So then I realized all the songs I loved, I like downloaded like a true fan who didn't stream it but like bought the songs and I had so many songs not just that Rihanna sings but like that she sings backup or like collaboration on other songs so like I've mentioned it before but I've been a big I was a big Kanye fan in 2010 I like had some Chicago love for him so but anyway I I was blown away by her performance because so I thought we were I, I, too, saw this amazing shape of Rihanna's body. I hate talking about other people's bodies. We don't talk about other people's bodies. But as a woman and a mother who knows what it is like to have your body change, I want to see more people celebrating that my body is changing. Little did I know that her body was actually changing to, like, 
bring on new life. Obsessed with the fact that she told us I'm bringing on a guest star and the guest, the surprise guest was her baby. Yeah. So I, I was confused by that at first. Um, I, I mean, I think everybody was, but there were some, there were some swift, swifty theories that Taylor was going to make an appearance. And I was like, no, Rihanna's, and Taylor's presence are too big to be shared on one stage. Yeah, that ain't gonna I happen. Agree, agree. I actually wondered about Beyonce for a minute. Um, I love that she has essentially took a seven-year shift from music into a different industry, a different like creative outlet for herself. She was not creating albums, not touring. She was working on her clothing line, her makeup line. She came back with a killer bang, but also not with any uh, need to impress. She was literally just like, oh, you want me to sing my cute songs? I, I saw this some, somewhere on Twitter. It was like, oh, oh, you want me to sing my cute songs? Fine, I will. I'll just stand there on a platform and look and sound amazing. And But but she didn't feel the need to learn some like crazy-ass uh, choreography. She didn't need to bring on anybody else to be impressive. Like, she was the show. Her voice was the show. She had backup dancers do all of the spectacle for her. Yes, like she was just like I'm gonna I'm I'm the musician. You can be the you can be the dancer in this like amazing supportive way. I just loved it. Loved that she could stand on that platform. And honestly, like it kind of felt like something I could see Taylor doing because she she's not known for being like the greatest dancer or like she does these amazing performances, but they're not, it, she's really just has an, an incredible music quality. And she like puts an emphasis on that. So anyway, there's stepping down off my soapbox, obsessed with it. Yeah. Good job, Rihanna. Bravo, Rihanna. Another thing I want to note about the Super Bowl, Rachel, is the national anthem mm. was sung by Chris Stapleton. Did you watch that? Oh yeah. I'm a, I have a major crush on Chris Stapleton, so I could not ah, miss that. Yeah, it was so good. I, I love Chris, and of course he he's uh, collaborated with with Taylor before too. So it was it was good to see uh good to see him up there. Yeah, great great job, Chris and Rihanna. You crushed the Super Bowl. Go Chiefs! And sorry if we have any Philadelphia fans listening. Uh, we love you. Good job. Good job. Go sports. Yes. Go sports. Go music. Um. Okay. Great. So I think. We are doing good. The Super Bowl was good. Let's get on to some new shit. What do you say? What are you, have you been listening to this week, Sam? I'm doing good. I'm on some new shit with the winner of the Grammy's Best New Artist, Rachel. Um, Samara Joy is her name. Um, You didn't watch the Grammys, so I don't know if you caught uh, that part of it. Did she perform? She did not perform. She walked up, accepted her award, and uh, I love the Best New Artist category, so I've decided to listen to her. Um, did not expect her to be a jazz singer, so Ooh. I'm a big fan of that. She sounds so much like Billie Holiday. Um, oh, I love what's that. What's interesting, though, is she's a young woman. She's 22, um, so she's in the Gen Z category and as a as a fan of jazz i'm i'm always saddened to know that the genre of jazz is sort of a dying form of musical art but the fact that a a young woman is singing jazz 
um, and is winning the awards for it makes me very happy for that genre. That's so cool. Um, you must listen to her. She has an album out there. It's uh, her, her voice is just incredible. Very beautiful, very sultry and jazzy and smooth. Um, she does a lot of really interesting melody shifts where she'll, I don't know much like musical theory, but there's like some minors and some weird notes going on all over the, all over the joint. So, Samara Joy, that's my pick for this week. Great. Um, what about you? You on to some new shit? Well, I am on to some old shit, actually. That, that seems to be my theme, like going back to some stuff that I have loved listening to. And in particular, so I got into a major Fleetwood Mac stage um, over the summer. I read the book Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid, which is basically loosely based off of when they created the Rumors album. And so specifically the Rumors album is the one I've been obsessed with. Uh, listeners, if you follow me, Sam Sam knows this, but I love to recreate album covers as a random... You crushed it with the Fleetwood Mac Rumors recreation, by the way, Rachel. I meant to Thank you. say something earlier. Thank but... you. So I had a lot of fun um, just recreating the album, like not playing it not like the way that not Rachel's version like the way that Taylor does it but like just like visually recreating the album cover I got my family in on it and then I kind of just like analyzed the lyrics a little bit to relate to my life and so that's like a fun little creative project so I got back into listening I have to listen to a lot of the music in order to really like listen to the lyrics and kind of get like into that this similarly as we do it here so so I was getting back into some Fleetwood Mac it was a lot of fun. I mean, and, Fleetwood know, Mac is is timeless. They're a classic. They are absolutely one of my favorite bands of all time. So I support that fully. Thank you. Good choice. Well, and the the creation of Fleetwood Mac, or the their album, like Rumors, when they were, it, it has a bit of a lover tie. And, and in that, these are songs between two lovers that goes sour. But... I think this is a good time for us to transition into lovers that did not go sour. A loverly relationship that was super sweet and wonderful. That brings us into this week's song. Sam, we've already hinted at it. We've talked about it. We've punned it up. What are we doing this week? It's a no-brainer. Also, you know, for all our loyal listeners, Swiggy's... At the end of every episode, you can catch what we're going to discuss the next episode yeah. to come. So uh, it's, it's a very, I think it's one of my most favorite parts of our podcast, yeah. Rachel, is when we get to the end and the other person gets to tell uh-huh. the other person what song we're going to cover. So Unless you- the other person was told by their brother that they should choose this song. <laughs> I'm just saying, like. I, I had some influence on your decision this week, but I feel like you were on, on board with it wholeheartedly. I was. Um, I was not mad about it. So why, Rachel, are we going to do... Actually, let's just formally announce the song. We are doing Lover. Lover. Um, Rachel, why are we doing this song this week? This is one of... Well, Taylor, uh, Taylor Swift describes this song as the perfect song for two lovers that she's always wanted to write. And it, it 
nailed it on every delicious note for me as far as like a true love song um so i can't agree with you more it is one of the best love songs of all time it's the season of love and maybe love can make you feel kind of frustrated right now but uh, you know what then imagine a love story with something else if you need to because this is love week we're we're talking about and digging into things that we love whether that's a lover or something else that brings you joy and love. So that we are doing lover this week. I'm excited for us to, to sing the word lover every time we come up with it. We're going to be so be sick of it. Um, so try to, that might be a trend in this episode. But we need um, to get into our cocktails. All right. Well, let's, let's dive into what we're swigging on. Cocktails. Uh, I'm just like looking at mine off of the screen right now, just waiting to consume it. Why don't you go so, first? I'm going to go first because I want to drink it. Okay, so it's a it's a coffee cocktail. Rachel, you know that our family on Christmas morning drinks coffee with a little extra flair in our mugs. We like to add uh, Irish cream like a whiskey cream. And uh, I was inspired to essentially recreate that, but in a cold way, because I'm inspired by the first lyric of this song. We could leave our Christmas lights up till January, which just implies that the bright sparkliness of Christmas Mm -hmm. uh, might be done. It might be over. Um, and that's sort of what I was going with with this cocktail. The the Christmas morning tradition in our family is to have spiked coffee, but it's like Christmas is over. So this is when the coffee gets cold and everything sort of blended together. Mm. Um, that's so cute. I just really love that you are bringing kind of a love of our family into this. And that's cute. Right. So there's... There's definitely that. Um, also, coffee, like, I think of when you're with your partner that you're in love with, nothing else really matters. I picture, like, two old people in love just every morning drinking coffee together. Mm-hmm. So that sort of had another uh, influence on, on my decision to make this as well. But uh, in this, I've got, of course, I have coffee, and then there's some homemade whiskey cream, and which we use, actually, at the Snitching Lady bar that I work um so I borrowed from from our stash there but then it has my homemade amaretto in it as well amaretto if you will so love it um so there's there's whiskey in the cream and then there's whiskey in the amaretto um with a little coffee on top I tried to do like a little layered kind of thing but uh wasn't fully executed properly but that's that's what's going on with that and i am excited to discuss that particular lyric here in a little bit but okay that was kind of the i love the it whole i it. think it's cute okay so i i have a bit of a like concept idea too so when i think of this song i i picture it the way that taylor swift described it in her mind which is two people dancing on a dance floor a wooden dance floor at the end of a party and nobody's else there, which I have a lot more thoughts about that. But, um, and when I think about a school dance, I think of punch, like, uh, you know, the syrupy stuff that you put sherbet in, like 
bowls of sherbet and then and then somebody spiked the punch okay so um my cocktail is called punch lovers which wow um, that is amazing looking okay so uh, and, and I also have this cute little, I don't know if it comes out on the, but it's like a, a little heart lemon garnish that I'm super excited about. Plus I used my, um, cocktail pick that has a heart on it. Okay. So we're just really, we're leaning into it. So this. That looks like a horseshoe. That's a heart. Well, there's a teeny tiny little heart on it. You can't see it, but yes, it is Got a it. horseshoe. Like good luck. Okay. So, but, um, so this cocktail is, you take. I was thinking about the Lover House, which is a big part of the music video. The Lover House has um, is is a, a house, a literal house, and each room is a different color. And as folklore era is is understood, that each room is a different era of Taylor Swift's albums. So that's that's kind of a, a cool and fun thing. I went with Rainbow Sherbert to is it sherbet this is sherbet. a debate that we need to settle outside of the podcast yeah. i believe it is a long standing debate okay on the so rainbow sherbet you put little layers of that you add a shot of vodka because you're spiking the punch then because this is actually let me back up sherbet then we need some crush soda pop because lovers and crush you cannot go wrong I went with a strawberry crush, okay, because I got a crush on my lover. And you pour the strawberry crush over the sherbet. It gets all bubbly and foamy, just like a punch. And if you're going uh, non-alcohol, a non-alcoholic, you're done. You've got your cocktail. Or if you want to spike it because you want to have fun with your lover or or whatever, having a good party, um, then you add some vodka and you add some champagne and you make it a little – fun little festive drink to drink with your lover. That sounds super fun and festive. And I, for one, am going to add that little vodka and or champagne. But I like the idea that it can be um, a non-alcoholic. Rachel, I've been discovering that some of our followers and listeners are maybe not of legal drinking age. But they're still fans of of listening to us anyways. So we want them to feel included in uh, this this the swigging aspect of Swift That's and right. Swigs. So omit some of the vodka in these in these cocktails so that you can enjoy it nonetheless. That's yeah. a fun one, Rachel. Yeah. How's it taste? Should we cheers? Yeah, cheers, Sam. Cheers. Cheers to love. Yep. I love you, cr- Rachel. That, I've got a crush on that. That works. So. Uh, I don't know if something just happened to our audio, but I just said, I love you, Rachel, and you didn't respond to that. (laughs) I was too busy. Even me hanging. Obsessed with my drink. I'm sorry. Thanks. Love you too, bro. Okay. um, So we've had our swig. mm -hmm. We have so many thoughts on Lover, and I cannot wait to dive into this song. And we always love to start with the spirit of the song. I've kind of hinted at a little bit about what we think the spirit is. I just always love when you come up with your own spirit, Sam. Why don't you lead us off? What's the spirit of lover? Spirit of lover is just feeling warm and cozy with someone that maybe you've waited your whole life for and nothing else matters in the world because you're with them and you can go wherever you want or um, you can 
decorate how you want, nothing matters because you've got your lover and you'll laugh at their jokes and you'll you'll want to be with them at every gathering and every party and it's just a simple love song that's elegant, beautiful, makes me kind of tear up a little bit. It's a it's it's just so sentimental and is probably one of my all-time favorite Taylor Swift songs. I'm I have to say. It's yeah, same. Excellent and masterpiece. If listeners remember, I had this would be the first song that I kind of maybe was like, "Oh, Taylor Swift." Haven't really given her much thought and attention to when our sister Emily played this song. And I was like, ooh, who is this? It's just a new sound I had never heard before. Taylor Swift describes, I, I mentioned, like she she was had always wanted to write a song like this. And honestly, it's she was never able to because she never had that true love, mm-hmm. that real grown-up relationship love. Until Joe came along. And it's, I love that this song is a track three on the title album, Lover. And another famous track three is Love Story on Fearless, which is a song all about this um, story fairy tale of what we think love is when we are gosh how old was she when she wrote that 19 uh, whatever yeah, i can't remember how old she was 18, she was very young 19 17 17 probably um you know what you think love is about but um she had to pull from a, a pl- classic play in order to tell the story if you will because she didn't have that true love what happens in the songs with from lover and on, anytime she writes about her relationship with Joe, her conversations about love get so much more specific because she's no longer imagining what it would be like to be in a really committed, lifelong relationship of love. She's in it. So there's there, this is like I think where it really begins to get more specifically. It's like really tiny little details down to like staring at the ceiling and and like the little things that he says to her, you know, um, in, in a lot of there. So, but, but lover is a song that she always wanted to write. I think that what I, Sam, have you watched the diary of a song? It's, it's, it's an interview that she did with New York times, oh, yes. a video interview mm-hmm. with New York times. Good. Because I'm going to be quoting from it a lot. I've got so many moments from that. I love. Yeah. It's um, a great interview. I'm, I'm glad that you're bringing it to the table. Well, she, in, in that one, she mentioned, and, oh, also in her Tiny Desk performance of Lover, she mentioned some songs take a lot of work. Like, sometimes you show up at the keyboard and you have to, like, really pull out, like, what you want to sing about, what what the lyrics, the tune, whatever. This song came to her in the middle of the night, you know, one of her midnight imaginings. And she wrote it in minutes, quick sent it over to Jack, and he's like, get on a plane because, you know, you can do that when you're Taylor Swift. Get on a plane. He came. <laughs> they wrote it. Like, it happened, like, in a snap. And 
I think it's pretty amazing to know that like this is something she's always wanted to write and didn't know how to until she had it, until that moment was there. And I just think that was, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I want to also bring up that this was one of her songs that she wrote alone. She has no co-writers on this song, which I know she's always very, she's made it, she's vocalized that that is one of um, something that she's always very proud of is when she writes a song without any co-writers. And I think it's just, awesome that it's it's one of uh, it's a fan favorite it's um uh, it's, her, it's i think she even says it's one of her favorite songs of all time and there's just a little bit more passion behind it i think when she writes a song by herself because she is credited on she she does truly write every song that she's ever released but she has help sometimes when it comes to like the composition and the maybe the the tracks of the song like the musical elements of the song but to think that she woke up in the middle of the night like we know she does and just sat down at the piano and wrote this song on the piano in a matter of minutes um ties it all together because this is such a, a very deeply personal and important song to her that I, I, I think it's um, a nice quality that uh, nobody else was influencing her in the songwriting process of this song. Yeah. So yeah. just wanted to and mention it, that. Which is a great transition into talking about the music. Let's, let's get into the musical mixology of this song. I hinted at what I hear in this song, which is like the echoes of an empty dance floor, maybe a high school gym. And part of that influence, I think, came from listening to Taylor talk about it, which is what she imagined. She pictured two people dancing. I like to think the two people dancing are um, the, the lead singer of like a cover band that was playing for the high school dance, which is Taylor. And then like a uh, like the theater, the nerdy high school theater teacher who is chaperoning, which is Joe. And it's like the end of the dance and they're swaying and they're lovers and nobody knows it, but they, they, so they can have like this like secret. Anyway, I like that imagining. That's adorable. Thanks. I came up with that story. And <laughs> you get that when you get like the drum the echo of of the drum and and how they I don't even know what they're called but those like uh special things that look like the ends of a whisk or something that make it sound like yeah for like a called? snare drum mm-hmm. snare drum situation I don't, what, I don't know what they're called though but <laughs> well all right we're, we're not musicians uh but that and then like she so like she even when she was describing in Diary of a Song, you can get like you, you get this like snippet of her talking to Jack Antonoff about the sound that she was hearing, which was she said it was like dreamy, guitar-y, throwback, but not like camp throwback. And I don't even know what that means if I hear that. <laughs> but like Jack got it. And he was like, Oh yeah, you mean like this? And then Yes. She's like, yes, that's it. And he pulled out, just like how they do that is remarkable. It's why they make such a great team. They're such a good team for exactly those reasons. 
so those are like that's the first initial sound that I hear with this song. What about you? What are you getting? Um, well, it's just that the production behind it is very simple and it's just clean. There's there's the drum and then there's guitar, uh, a few other like instruments and and noises come in around the chorus, but one of my favorite parts about the song is just how simple that it is. A lot of Taylor's songs, especially in the Lover album, have a lot of production to it with uh, beats and funky noises and saxophone, as we've mentioned. But this one is just really just kind of perfectly simple. And I think I already mentioned this, but that's just that's how she feels about being in love with this Joe guy, it doesn't need a lot of fanfare to it. And uh, so the, the musical mixology aspect of, of Lover is, for me, just its simplicity. And I, I like it so much. I can picture, like, the, the drummer just sitting on a drum kit, and, and he's kicking the bass drum, and it's just a really just easy, kind of slower-paced song but but it's a it's a very positive slow paced song as opposed to like a sad song that's slow paced it's a very just like happy um mellowish sound and i could yeah. listen to it falling asleep i could listen to it while driving could listen to it in the car i could listen to it at a wedding of course i feel like it was just made for weddings. Have you ever heard it at a wedding? Because you go to more weddings than I do these days. Yeah, I went to five weddings last year, all over the place. And I heard it at one wedding. Shout out to Leanna and Tony. Um, Congratulations on picking a good song. Leanna is a Swifty, and so I I sort of had a feeling that Lover would be... um, at their wedding and they and they slow danced to it it was a beautiful moment i was having my own moment because taylor swift was playing at this wedding that i was at it was very exciting um <laughs> so it's it's a it's a great great song for a loving couple to dance to if i were to get married anytime soon it's it's definitely going to make the, the the soundtrack for that night so stay tuned it. for that and i think i love exactly what you said that that the sound quality of this song is very simple. There's not a lot to say about it because of that, but there's a lot to say about the lyrics. And I'm excited to to get into that. That's always our one of our favorite parts. We begin already with the way that you kind of started off our with your cocktail. We could leave the Christmas lights up till January. Any thoughts on that and that on that phrase? Yeah, so she's commented on um in an interview, I don't know if it was that same New York Times one, um, they, they asked Taylor, it was. Isn't, it, isn't it like normal for people to leave Christmas lights up till January? She says, yeah, that's the point. Like, this isn't a fancy situation. Like, we just are just two normal people in love, and that's kind of the mundaneness of it. She goes on to say, like, do you want to put a rug over there? Should we paint the walls? I don't care. It doesn't matter. This is this is our place. We make the rules. And I think the idea of this is our place, 
she is using the idea of this home, which you've talked about. She shows it in her music video for Lover, but I also view our place as something of a metaphor. Um, maybe it's not a physical place, just like our place could be whenever we are together, that's our place. We make the rules, nothing, you know, we're not influenced by anyone else's opinions. Um, it's sort of so, like a little bit sort of like Lavender Haze, which we talked about last week as well, where she is just dismissing rumors and gossip and what people say because all that matters is that she is with this one, her lover, and it's... I love that she says dazzling haze, like, um, that as if, like, she's been thinking. I, I have to wonder, like, did she write Lavender Haze after Lover? Does she write, does she have these, like, phrases simultaneously? I mean, I, I would just love to know the order of when things pop into her mind. But I thought that was, I just love that callback. I didn't even think of it last week when we were talking about Lavender Haze that she has sung about Joe with this whole me- Haze metaphor already. Like, I just think that's so cool. Two weeks in a row, she's singing about Haze. Um. Well, and and you were talking about home with, like, we talked about that in False God, that she thinks of him as, like, her home, which is, I just, uh, that's so cool. And what's interesting, you the... He made the rules. Uh, I'm sorry. We make the rules. In we make the rules, but in the song "Dear John," there is a, a line about he made the rules, which was a relationship that was disastrous about some random guy named John, which we have no idea who that might be. It's and I just think that's so cool that she was able to just again do a little bit of a twist as she loves to do. And call that back, like, yeah, he made all the rules, but we, we, not I, we make the yeah, rules now. That's this is like a what partnership. A We're in this together. We make the rules. Um, we are, yeah. we are in this together. I love that. That's a good, yeah. good uh, reference, Rachel. I think it's interesting. I'm curious if you have any thoughts on why she said, chose the number 20, just because it sounded good, 20 seconds or 20 years. Or do you think that there's a connection there? I was wanting to get like a twenty year scotch to make a for my cocktail. Oh but well, that would have been good. A twenty year scotch should just be drank on its own. It it shouldn't go. Yeah, into don't a cocktail. No, don't waste um, it on a cocktail. But I I don't I don't know why she chose twenty. Uh maybe it just sounded good. She also said that originally the lyric was gonna be April, not January. And when I sing it in my head, April doesn't sound right. But Maybe if she, no, it does maybe if April ended up being in the song and she came out saying, I was going to say January, I would probably sing January in my head and think that doesn't sound right. It's got to be April. So Wait. do you have thoughts on the number 20? So I, I don't have, I am not aware of the song Mary's song because I have not de- like gone into any debut album songs yet, but there's a song called Mary's song and it starts off when they the two kids in the love story knew each other when they were seven and nine. At the time that Taylor wrote this song, she was, he was 27, she was 29. So 20 years ago, 
it, they would have been seven and nine if they had met 20 years oh. ago. Um, so I don't know if that's just lucky and that's just like what the Taylor fans have uncovered or if that was intentional. Uh, I just think that was a super kind of a it's fun It's probably a little there. Easter egg. Why not? Yeah, I'm sure it is. Who knows? So let's get right into the chorus because that's so, these are some of my favorite lyrics. I've been, I think I shared with you that I've, been thinking a lot about Lover lately as we are picking up our family and moving. And that is a really hard thing to do. Um, it feels like we are breaking up with the city that we love. And I'm just thinking about how you were talking about that Joe is like Taylor's home. And that's a lot about how I feel about my relationship. So like, I just want to go where you go. I want to be this close with you forever. Like that is is such a beautiful proclamation to somebody that you love. Like I don't care where this journey takes us. It doesn't really matter. I don't care where we live. You can take me out. You can take me home. I just want to go where you go. And that is the sweetest and it has been making me cry every single time I listen to it I, these days, which I'm is a lot. I'm with you on that. I think it's so sweet that Taylor has such a complicated life with her career and her celebrity that the fact that she is willing to just go wherever with this person, I I really like yeah. am so happy for her when I hear that lyric because she's just saying like I would I would give it all up if that would mean if you want to go to London or if you want to go to Antarctica, like all over <laughs> you go. Yeah. Um, and it's vulnerable to ask those questions of someone and she's doing it anyway. I, I love that. I love the vulnerability. I think the word lover itself is kind of a really vulnerable word in and of itself. And so, um, she even mentioned this because I think in that diary of a song, they said, well, that's kind of a like funny word. I mean, lover sounds a little bit either weirdly dirty or like old school. Like who uses lover? Uh, I'm actually thinking a lot about um, Sex and the City in the last season when Carrie it starts dating the Russian and so she jokes around and she's like, I've taken a lover, is how she says it. And so when Taylor Swift sings this lyric, she it's interesting because she's the, you're my, 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 is very like happy and joyful. And then you get to lover. And it's not, <laughs> it's like in a, that is not very good quality, sorry. But it's it's like a minor key a little bit. And it's almost like she's playing around with that word. Like she knows it sounds silly, but she's been dying to say it. And you can almost hear like, like you're my, 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 oh, just like fucking say it already. And she's like, love her. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I love yeah. that. Like she just like went with it. Like she's been dying to say that about someone, but felt so silly until she did it. And then she keeps going in the song about it. And she names her entire album off of it as well. Yes! Which definitely cuts the tension of that word, I think. Right. So I, I just want to mention, when I was coming up with this cocktail, 
I had some help with a friend, my friend John. He actually assisted me in giving me some ideas. And he said, so what are the lyrics to the song? And of course I have them memorized. So I was saying the lyrics without singing them, without playing the song. And I realized how awkward a lot of these lyrics sound when you're just <laughs> right, speaking right. them. Right. Um, and especially the word lover. But when you listen to it, it there's 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 no weirdness to it. It just sounds so perfect. Yeah. And she just mentioned that she really just was fond of that word, I think. And and as soon as she wrote the song, she knew that was going to be the entire name of the album, too. So after this amazing chorus, we get another verse, um, which is really sweet. We could let our friends crash in the living room. It, it, it When you watch it in the music video, you see these friends are at a New Year's, New Year's Eve party, which is a call back to New Year's Day, which is another amazing love song that she closed Reputation with. And I I love that she tied that moment back to New Year's Day because I think New Year's Day was a little bit of a it, – it was like our first clue into like the next transition of music that she was going to be making at the end of her album. What a way to close it out. I should not talk about New Year's Day right now. Okay. But – I think it's really we'll save sweet. save that for another We're episode. saving that for another podcast. Um, we're going to have to wait until next year, New Year's Day, to do it because that's too perfect. So when I hear this verse, like the, these verses, like talking about, you know, like we could, it, again, it's just more words about like we could just do whatever we want. She hints a little bit at her insecurities. I'm highly suspicious that everyone sees you, wants you, which I find very odd because... I don't know. I think Joe's adorable, but like, isn't she the star? I don't know. That's, that's just, who knows? Maybe that's very specific. But then she, again, here's another specific lyric. I love you three summers now. When she wrote this song, they had been together for three summers and she wants them all. And I just love that like declaration. Like it's, that's a really strong declaration about how she feels. Yeah. And, and it's, you, you mentioned like, how, how is she insecure about She's Taylor Swift, but that's what's so fascinating is to us, she is Taylor Swift. How, how could you be in a relationship with Taylor Swift and not love her or not want to be with her? But Taylor, of course, she's she's a human just like the rest of us. And right, exactly. So she's 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 going to have her her doubts that that he does he love her just as much as she loves him. Um, it's it's but I it, I was thinking that it's so funny that she, you know, is maybe a little jealous. She has a little bit of jealousy. Because she knows her her boyfriend is gorgeous and others will gorgeous. want him. I would really love to hear a song written by Joe about Taylor. I well, one thing we don't really don't know is sweet nothings. Or uh, well, but it wasn't written by no. Joe. I mean, they they co-write songs, right? And he like plays right. piano for songs. But I would love to hear his writing or, or read his writings or hear a song that he wrote. Um, Cause he probably feels exactly the same way uh, about her that she does for him. Except that he, not. no, because he, the only thing he's ever said is like, I want to be private. What's interesting. Taylor does too, but she lets us in through her music. 
she doesn't talk about it in interviews. She's really like, but, but she will let us in with her music. And I just think, I think that's beautiful. Um, I'm rushing us, Sam, because I'm obsessed with the bridge and I want to talk about the bridge. Here's, here's a cute, cute little thing. I introduced Sam to this concept of the bridge a while back. Do you remember this, Sam, when we talked about you were writing a wedding speech for some friends Uh and I was helping you write it. I don't think you used this concept, so, um, but it was one of our ideas um, when you watch the diary of a song, Jack Antonoff kind of talks about the bridge and why we need a bridge in a song. It, we get a lot of banging bridges, banging bridges. Banging bridge. <laughs> I know what you mean. The bridges be banging. <laughs> um, yeah, we get a lot of bridges that are banging. <laughs> I don't know how to transition from that. Okay. <laughs> Amazing Bridges from Taylor. But this one is pretty epic. But I, what I love the most is when Jack Antonoff talks about what a bridge whole purpose is. And he says that, so without a bridge, the song is just like a jingle. Okay? The bridge is this moment. And he's like, this is what he says. He was like, and we'll we'll share the links to this because you, you get the whole experience from this interview. But he was like, there's trees, mountains, trees, mountains. And then you suddenly you go through a tunnel. And it's dark. And that's the bridge. Okay? And then all of a sudden you like come out. Oh, trees, mountains. You're like so happy to, to see those trees and mountains again. And that's what they do with a bridge in a song. So like you're hearing, you're my, 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 my lover. And you like it, but you don't – that you have to go into a bridge in order to experience it even more and love it even more. Okay, so that's the buildup. Now we're into our bridge. And the bridge of this song is this adorable little, like, um, wedding ceremony sound, like wedding processional, and these, like, plucking strings and, like, some little bit of flutes or whatever. Like, it's, it's so great. And Taylor talked about how she, like – loves to twist popular sounds, popular phrases. We've talked about this before. And she just like nails it in each one in this bridge. Starting off with ladies and gentlemen, will you please stand? You know, we know that that's a phrase from, from the wedding. But this next part is the twist with every guitar string scar in my hand. An amazing way of talking about the metaphors of all of these songs that she's written about past loves that just didn't, like, that left her scarred. Right, right, yeah. I mean, she's drawing in how she's written so many songs about what she's been through, and they've obviously left scars, but she's saying with these scars as in like this is a part of me and this is what i've gone through um but with these scars i take this man this magnetic force of a man to be quite yeah. specific um to be which my is lover and, and again to be my lover and she taylor <laughs> said that that's her favorite line in one of her favorite songs she's ever written, and that's one of her favorite lines. So 
We I just we have to acknowledge that with every guitar string scar on my hand. Um, you know, this song Gorgeous, she also sings about uh, his magnetic field being a little too mm-hmm. strong. And mm-hmm. uh, here she is talking about this magnetic force of a man. Well, and I, I love the next part, too, because she acknowledges, you know, my heart's been borrowed and yours has been blue. Which, f- first of all, I thought that was bruised for the longest time, which makes sense. Like, I can imagine um, your heart can be bruised by relationships. But I love, but actually, like, to tie it into blue and borrowed is, like, the wedding phrases that she's playing with. And she uses right. blue a lot with this, like, to talk about his eyes, right? So Yes. Yeah, blue is a very common color that she uses specifically in Joe songs. And uh, it's such, it's like a double meaning for this. And uh, I love it. Yeah. One of my favorite lines is the next one because of all's well that ends all to end up with you. Amazing because it ties us right back to specifically 10 minute version. All's well that ends well, but I'm in a new hell. I mean, Yet again, another relationship that was a disaster, but that wasn't like that wasn't all's well that end well, you know. That she was that was hell. This is the one that will end well, is what she's is is what she's saying. And she to end up with you is is the ending. It's the end of all the endings. And I also super love I think I've said that about a million times. Sorry for the over being dramatic, but I swear to be over dramatic and true to my lover is a really funny way of her making fun of herself. And if you listen to it a little bit, you can kind of hear her chuckle as she's saying it as if like she's singing it to Joe and she like can see him laughing when she says over dramatic because he's like yeah no and she's like I know I'm dramatic I know I can be that way I swear to be over dramatic and true (laughs) she like it's like it's just like this slight way that she like giggles that she says true uh go back listen to it it's adorable will do I also think it's funny how she in in her song Endgame she sings um, I swear I don't love the drama. It loves me, which is a me. very fun yeah. line in that song. But I've always disagreed with that statement. I think she does <laughs> love the drama. Uh, we a few episodes back, we we talked about how she was a surprise guest at the 1975 concert, and just the way she walked on that stage. She was oh, very yeah. dramatic. Uh, she reminds me of our mother sometimes, Rachel. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And, and here she so, is calling herself out on that. I swear to be over dramatic and true. I would really love to know, does Joe actually say dirty jokes? Because I, 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 he doesn't strike me as one who, who might have a lot of dirty jokes to say. I think sometimes the, the, the quietest people can be sometimes That's the... True. the dirtiest and the weirdest. surprising ones so, yeah, i think you're right okay that's he, true he, that's probably pretty he, cute there must be some sort of like inside joke that taylor and joe have that led her to write that lyric because it's 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 a little strange so he must so random well, yeah. have dirty jokes and or maybe like dad jokes maybe he's just is like a 
a weird little punster like us. I love this this line as well. At every table, I'll save you a seat because oh, that's just that's so just so cute. nice. It's it's such a simple gesture, but again, that's that's the idea. I keep coming back to the simplicity of this song and the simplicity of this this love and this romance. You know what I think about in that line too? I was like picturing the all too well ten minute version film. And she's sitting at the table and like no one's really talking to her. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember that? Like yeah. they're all like talking about their like smart things, you know, old people stuff. And and like you and she's like at the table, but not really at the table. And I just like liked her to like maybe that was a moment, like she, a specific moment that she remembers being at a table, but like not being included. And I love that it's so specific that she's just like, I will, you will be at that table. I will save you a seat at every table. That's adorable. Love her. It's so adorable. Toad's adorbs. She's really adorbs. Um, one thing that's, I think is kind of f- fun that somebody somewhere pointed out, probably the Reddits, you know, I never know where I get my stuff. So she says, my, 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 my. And then she says it like, Four different times. What do you hear when I go my 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 my? This is a pop quiz. Um. My 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 my. Death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Yes, which is a song about a relationship that ended, and she couldn't say lover in that. I never understood in that song. She goes my 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 my. Never really made sense to me. She couldn't say lover, and she finally can. Like, she used to be like, my, 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 and now she can say lover. And she's got the song she always wanted to write. Oh, that's a really nice She's thought. got the love she always wanted to write about. It's so great. She just nailed it. I just can't with this per- song. help myself from keep saying, oh, every time I we talk know. about a moment in the song, because it is just, it's so precious. It's so sweet. It's adorable. And it's just a timeless song. Sam, I think all's well that ends well, and I think we have ended well. This is our place, and we make the rules. Swiggies, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Swift and Swigs with Sibs. We hope you will go where we go and always be this close. So find us on social media at Swift and Swigs Podcast. Check out our substack, swiftandswigspod.substack.com, for all of the show notes. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast. Don't be afraid to be overdramatic and true about how much you love us. And please meet us back here next week when we discuss... Oh, we didn't find out what we were discussing. Rachel, I have a new era for us to go into... For next week's episode. I'm so excited. And I've given away a couple of Easter eggs, actually. We're gonna go in, we're gonna go into Red Taylor's version, of course. Yes, always. And we're gonna do a song, a vault track song with none other than Chris Stapleton. <gasps> oh, I bet you think about me. Um. That will be a blast. That's our like first real country cover. Uh huh. And it's a fun one too. Not not. Okay. I mean, we'll we'll get into it, of course, but definitely a fun one. So tune yeah. in. Tune in next week. We'll Swiggies. We'll save you a seat. 
Until then, I'm Sam. And I'm Rachel. Cheers, Swiggies. Cheers, Swiggies. Hey, uh, Sam, did you save any dirty jokes for me? Do, do you have anything? No? I've got one. Okay, I've got one. No. Did you know that my neighbor got arrested for ruining our garden this summer? They uh, charged him with disturbing the peas. Hey! <laughs> hey!